I recommend Box, Dropbox or Disco. I don't recommend SoundCloud or Google Drive as much because one Google Drive sometimes it'll mess up and it won't be able to play. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's a mess. And then SoundCloud, if you if you play like two tracks, the third track usually is an ad, so you don't want to you know break their attention on your music by having an ad and waiting thirty seconds to hear your track. Yo, what's good? This is Clint, your host on the Music Is My Business podcast, the podcast where you can gain insight and learn proven strategies to build and monetize your music career. If you want your questions answered live, join me on YouTube at Clint Music on Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern time, and let's chop it up. Now let's dig into this week's episode. Yo, 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 what's good, people? Welcome to the channel where we talk about music licensing, music production, and music business. If you love any of the previously mentioned, be sure to subscribe so you can stay up to date on all my latest content and hit that bell icon so you know exactly when that new content drops. Shout out to everybody that's in the stream and the chat so far. Drop your name and your address and your phone no i'm playing don't drop all that information that's too much personal info but drop where you're from and what you do i want to see what we have in the building i see a couple people in there already we got bait not bay yo like i had like two cups of coffee bro so i'm like legit super hype right now uh early bird gets the worm that's a fact gabriel from south africa what's good man good to see you um so i'm super excited today because I got uh, I got my guy Excalibur Zero, aka Nathan, with us, and he's gonna help me tackle some questions on this sync space. We're gonna talk to him for a little bit, and um, yeah, man. Without further ado, I'm gonna go ahead and bring him on. Excalibur, what's good, bro? What's up, man? I appreciate you having me on. Ah, uh, no doubt, man. I appreciate you coming on. And uh, yeah, dude, like I, I love talking about sync as anyone who follows me can tell. I see XLO in the building. What's good? So, man, dude, I, I reached out to you because I really want to just, man, just have a conversation because I know when um, I, I think I seen you kind of engage on some content a while back and you had mentioned that you actually used to work for a music library which is super interesting because i feel like you bring a unique perspective um to the space having been on that side and then being a composer yourself in the sync space like how did you how did you get into that how did you get started or even know you know to even work for a library like how did all of that happen man for sure. So I started making beats like 15 years ago, which is a long time now. And uh, I, I went to school at Full Sail University. And the same time I was going, I was making music, putting it online, like on SoundClick and uh, BeatStars before, you know, when it was really early on. Mm -hmm. And from there, I graduated from Full Sail and I got an um, opportunity to internship through their career development program. They have a lot of different opportunities there. So I saw one for a music library and I've heard of people getting music on TV shows, but I didn't know really how the process went right so i ended up uh taking the shot and um interning them for them for six months moved out to california and that's how i kind of got started i was already coming on as a composer so it was more of an incentive they were looking for people who were a composer who can help in help out with like back-end work doing like metadata doing keywords and different stuff like that so that's how kind of how i got started in the uh in the music library seek realm wow that's that's super dope so you know firsthand then the kind of the importance of, of metadata and, and all that stuff. Um, like, what, what was that experience like just being behind the scenes and, and working on that stuff? It was really cool. Like, I had a lot of different hats that I had to wear with the company. So I was doing a lot of different jobs. I was sitting in the editing bays. It's almost like a studio um, where the, the editors are editing the, the TV show. So I got to sat down and, you know, see them editing the show, helping them pick out music. I've done cue sheets, tons and tons of cue sheets. I've done music supervision. I've helped pick out playlists and stuff like that. So the process was, was really cool because it gave me an opportunity to see all the different angles of that field behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. And it led to a lot of cool opportunities. They like invited me to go to like the VMAs and stuff. And I sat with like, um, you know, some of the production companies and stuff like that and some of the networks. And, and, and you know, it, it was just a really cool process for sure. Yeah, that's that's super dope, dude. Like to be able to see that um get that hands-on experience i'm sure that that's helped you a lot just even you know in being a, a composer um man so i guess what's like i don't know like as far as like submissions do you deal with submissions when you would when you were with the library and you know since you're kind of ingesting all of that information like what was some of the 
the craziest things that that you've seen or like one crazy thing that you've seen submission wise or you know information wise uh yeah I, i've done submissions for sure a lot they would forward over the uh, submissions that came in and we pretty much check them out and we tell them you know whether or not we think that they would fit with the library and they would set up a call yeah. and i've seen some crazy stuff like people would just post links of just their beats or just check out my beats and yeah. I think the approach, you know, it, as a producer, we think of working with artists, so we don't take the professionalism as serious. Right. So I would see a lot of just different crazy submissions like that, where it's, you know, the professionalism is just straight gone. And, you know, at that time, it's like we want to work with someone who's easy as possible to work with. So, you know, having something like that just makes it a little bit, you know, off-putting when you're trying to work with someone who's trying to, you know, take this seriously. So, Got yeah, there's, there's, there's been some crazy ones. Yeah, yeah, nah, I'm I'm sure, man, and you know, you kind you're in the space of of educating producers about this sync stuff too. So I know, you know, you come across producers all the time who, you know, it's just like the approach has to be different if you you want to see results and success in sync versus just you know spamming people with links and things like that. Right. Um, so, man, so I guess let's let's go. I guess to the first placement, like was your first placement with that library that you were working with or did the first placement happen like way before that or like when, when did that happen for you? Yeah, it was with the library I worked with. It took me about a year and it's because I didn't understand the structuring, the format, how TV, you know, kind of world um, worked. I thought that I had to like dumb down my sound a little bit or try to make it, you know, a certain way or cheesy is like, you know, the 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 stigma with sync licensing so i had that mindset i had to completely shift my mindset it took me about a year to get my first placement and it was cool because i sat down i was in the actual like editing bay with the editor while they're going through the tracks and he ended up picking my track like it was no like, it wasn't me like trying to tell him to pick my track or anything like that it was cool just to see it was yeah. on uh skin wars on gsn wow um and it, it was it was cool it was, really cool. it was like 2015. yeah so man so it took you like a, a year to get to that first placement a year to kind of figure out structure wise what was what was working and what wasn't like how did you figure that out because I know everybody kind of has their own you know their own story about how they you know had to bump their head a few times and actually figure it out like did somebody tell you or you know was it just you studying you know things that that have already been placed like what was that like for you it was a little bit of both. So since I was doing the keywording with the library, I was listening to all the music submissions that would be sent into the library that were accepted. And I would go through and keyword each track. So I would kind of sit there and listen to the tracks, put out the description of how the track sounded, some keywords, and then I'll pay attention to the structure. I'll pay attention to how the intro sounded, what instruments they're using, the pace of it. And then another really good uh, like um, opportunity I had was one of the co-founders of the library. His name is Russell Howard. He won the ASCAP, um, you know, most placed composer award like 2017 2020 wow. a couple you know a few times and i was able to sit with him in a studio multiple times and just be a student just really sit there and watch another producer create and mm -hmm. see how his process was and you know he's getting placements like all the time so being able to have the opportunity really changed the game for me because it just helped me become a student and take a different approach when creating music yeah that's super dope dude um yeah, I think that that's another big one that holds a lot of producers back is, you know, that the, not having the structure right, um, you know, short intros, uh, you know, track building throughout and, and changing throughout the track to keep things interesting. Uh, so that's that's super dope, man. Um, man, so you got the first place and you were able to, to sit down and, and watch somebody who, you know, who's been successful in this space um i guess when did it was sync licensing always your goal like since you you know once you started producing was that like the goal or were you like other producers like myself where it was just like i just want to produce for big artists and you know that was kind of the goal and then you kind of fell in the sync uh same goal same goal here so i started off wanting to produce for artists yeah. um and you know, like i said i was doing music on SoundClick and stuff like that so that you know it, i was having a little bit of consistency and a little bit of um you know success with it but not enough to really sustain off of so then once i started uh getting into sync licensing it was like a competition within myself it was like a tug of war to figure out like which one do i really want to do but then i realized like as i got you know more years in, in the field that this led to more opportunity with artists i'm working with more artists, artists than ever before and you know it just led to a whole different lane that I didn't even know was possible. Yeah, I, I agree, man. It's been a it's been a game changer for my career. Um, and it's crazy because like until until I really got serious about sync or when I really got serious about sync, 
it seemed like all of those opportunities started, you know, just started to fall in my lap because like a lot of people, you know, just don't know how to get in the sink. And it, it allowed me to kind of build relationships with other people um, and artists, even artists that I grew up listening to, you know, just it, it adds. I always try and tell producers like, yo, like this can take your career as a producer to another level because it adds credibility um that's just as powerful as producing for a major artist you know what i'm saying like your name is now connected with you know major networks and big tv shows and movies and you know brands and things like that um so super duper dope um for sure all right i got a couple questions so i keep getting this one what's up marvelous beats he wants to know if we touched on song trader What's the deal with Song Trader? Do you have any experience with Song Trader? Because I don't have any experience with Song Trader. No, I keep hearing people talk about Song Trader, but uh, is that like a pay to submit type of platform? Yeah, it's oh, like yeah. It's, I think it's like subscription based, and then you know they send out briefs, and then you can kind of upload your music and submit and get shortlisted and all that stuff. Uh, yeah, I don't have much experience, but from my personal opinion, like I, I was back and forth on this, but I started to realize like most of these people who are making these pay to submit type of subscription libraries are focused on building a customer first. And the customer is you, You're the composer, the producer, the artist. So, you know, that that usually leads to less opportunity and more saturation, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, I've, I've never I've never had success with, um, you know, just pay to submit platforms and i've i've used a few one of them i got a you know we got a song like a, a license deal but nothing ever came of it um mm. but yeah man i don't know like I'm, I'm not about just throwing a lot of money like especially if it's per submission i don't know if song yeah. trade is per submission I'm, I, it may just be monthly but um you know i let's just go straight to the libraries man like libraries don't charge you to to get your music in there. So that's that's my approach. Was that your your approach kind of starting out, just go straight to libraries or um, what was kind of your approach when, when trying to get your music and, and getting these licensing deals? Yeah, the first approach definitely has, was definitely library. So I was working with the one and then I started branching out. And then I experimented last year a little bit with uh, a pay to submit one and there was no success. And it was, it was a little bit different. I realized that I was a customer at the end of the day and you know, they're not building as much clients as we probably think. They just have a, a circle of people that they work with, usually from what I've seen. And then, you know, they're just trying to cycle out through uh, the different music for the actual client. So, yeah, that, that's been my experience so far. Got you. Got you. So we got uh, what's up? Double A hit. He says they only charge for distribution. Marlon McNichols said pro account for Song Trader. Uh, Sly the Dice's Song Trader, Trader is free. They manage publishing admin. I think I think that's Song Trust, if I'm not mistaken. But Double A mm -hmm. Hit Music says Song Trader is free to submit. They only charge for distribution. Okay. Oh, okay. Double uh, A Hit man, keep us posted. Like if anything, if anything lands. Um, Sly the Dice with the question says, "What's the biggest mental hurdle?" For someone at your level now, Clint, what challenges are on the horizon with the assumption we will succeed? Um, man, biggest mental hurdle you got. I, I feel like um, you got to get it out of your own head most of the time. Um, that's what keeps a lot of people getting started. Um, it's just, you know, even even at the submission level like people don't submit because they don't feel like their music is good enough and you're just like you're the only one that you're saying that to you know what i'm saying like just send it and then see what the library say because they're the decision makers you know the music supervisors they're the decision makers at the end of the day so i feel like a big hurdle that that you have to overcome is just getting out of your own head um because most of the stuff that you're telling yourself is probably not true and just take a chance, shoot your shot, um, and, and and be open to to learning new things um, on a consistent basis, and and stay uncomfortable. Because um, I feel like a lot of my all of my growth has always happened when I had when I was just uncomfortable. Man, what about you? Yeah, same here. That like perfectly said. I think that I could uh, relate to all of that, and 
you know, it, it's it's definitely getting out of your own way. Your your mind will play tricks on you, and I think that if you take the time to just trust yourself and trust your, your gut and your instinct, that a lot of times it really works out. It's going to work out for you. So I think it's yeah. just being patient, being a student. Yep, yep. Gabriel says, how do you deal with imposter syndrome, especially when starting out? I'll let you tackle that one, Excalibur. Uh, I think that being a creative in general, we all have our own uniqueness. You're, you're your own person. You grew up with different experiences, with different music and different tastes of music. So being able to create from your own you know, perspective and experience is going to make you stand out on, on your own. You know, like I think that if you're trying to to compare yourself usually like you, you're getting in your own way i think that you just need to create freely and whatever comes out comes out not try to overthink the process and just understand that maybe if you do sound similar to another artist or another uh producer or whatever that your your own uniqueness your own experiences are going to make you just a little bit different than that person and somebody else is going to like it a little bit different because they relate to it more so yeah that's my that's my uh that's a fact yeah. man i love that um yeah and it Man, one thing I learned is just like, you know, especially when you get to the point where like people are approaching you or asking you for music, like they're coming to you because you know how to do something that no one else knows how to do. And it's like, man, like there's only one you like it's so it's so valuable just being yourself and, and doing what you do best. Um, for sure. Super, super dope. Slide the deuce. Excellent advice. Got to stay focused and confident get out of your head and get in the game that's a fact um yep. so marlon he's giving us a little more insight for the pro account with song trader is a yearly subscription you can um distribute opt in to other monetizing platforms and you can submit to briefs okay got you hmm. kd much appreciated much appreciated oh, kd indeed so man so you were uh you were working at the library for a while and um are you you still there or did you did you transition and you know stop working for the library so i still compose for them but i stopped doing the admin stuff i took myself full-time in may 2020 okay um and then i wanted to go straight <clears throat> straight into i talked about this you before we got on stream but i i saw you through one of the composers uh that was working with them and I, he had a podcast and you were on the podcast and I was already in the transition when I put my two weeks in for working with the library to start teaching this because I understood that my experience, there was a lot of producers who were like me who were trying to get, you know, some type of like full stream of income, you know, some type of income where they could live off this. Right. So when I stopped working there and I saw the, your interview, it was crazy because I went to your Instagram and I was already planning on doing this. And when I saw that, that's when I commented on your Instagram saying, yo, everything you're saying is like 100 percent correct. I work for a music library. You're spending like. A lot of gyms right now so yeah uh, you know that this, this was the lane that i knew i was going to take i just didn't know how it was going to turn out i just wanted to teach as much people as possible and give my perspective uh that's and experiences dope. to people helping out yeah yeah that's super dope man i i appreciate it um and yeah man there's it's still so many people who just who don't know like you know i i think i think it's what like licensing sync and, and all that stuff i think it's one of those things where like people see it it's it's all around you like honestly like you walk in the mall there's music playing you watch tv mm. there's music playing you watch a movie there's music in the movie the commercials there's music and all types of stuff there's just music everywhere video games apps all of that stuff but people don't really think like this can be an opportunity for you to make money off of your music and like nobody has to know who you are like unless you want to you know brand yourself a certain way but you can legit just like stay in your bedroom producing music for all these different, you know, services and platforms and and be good, man. So I, I think it's Definitely. dope, man, when, when people are, are sharing that information and, um, you know, helping helping the producer community, you know, create multiple streams of, of income with their music. Definitely. Um, Excello has a question i'm signed to a library and i've submitted albums but not heard back from them how long should you wait for a response uh if you've what's up x i don't i know x he's a cool dude um if you've waited like two to three weeks and you haven't heard anything back i would suggest follow up just saying hey just wanted to figure out if you guys got my you know submission that i sent in um just wanted to see if you guys liked it if you guys you know wanted to send it out or you know there's something that you guys are looking for that's a little bit different uh keep that clear form of communication i think that you know when you're working with these music libraries 
you got to just keep that relationship going and keep keep that communication going up. And the easier you are to work with, the more they're going to want to work with you. So just keeping that relationship active and healthy and just supplying as much value and, you know, whatever they need. You're, you're, on, you're the point, man. You're on point for them. So uh, that's, you know, that, definitely follow up within like two to three weeks if you haven't heard back. Nice. Stay in top of mind, man. And um, man, yo, follow up. I, like I've gotten placements off of just a follow up, man. So definitely follow up. One of the biggest problems I see producers have when trying to get into sync licensing is not knowing the steps to take in order to get that set up and started. So I created a super simple, easy, free six step guide to help you get started so you know the exact steps you need to take so you can start getting your music placed in TV and film. Go ahead, go to clintproductions.com slash six steps to download that free guide. Again, it's clintproductions.com slash the number six steps, clintproductions.com slash six steps download your free six-step guide and get started today like right now like let's go like what, what are we waiting for we got my my man flares yo flares played this joint on our our live music reviews last friday it blew like everybody away crazy but his question is having your music tempt in the editing bay in la is super valuable is there a way to recreate that value remotely it's a great question what do you mean? What do you mean by that? That what do you think that he means by that? By creating that value remotely, like as far as sending out to editors who are already like working from home, or um, so I guess with your music being tempted in the editing bay, um, man, like I guess I don't know, like how do you? I don't know, man. I don't think anything can replace physically being in the editing bay and just kind of developing relationships that way, um, other than other than building a relationship with an editor that works right in the, you know what i mean and it, like yeah, the, oh go ahead i was gonna say like editors assistant editors music coordinators if you're working with like any of them uh music supervisors they all usually work for a production company uh if you can get in with them you like and keep that relationship going it's 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 harder because production companies might not last like they might just do a season and then it, they might just be done after that. And a lot of the editors and, uh, you know, people working with a production company are moving around. They work with, you know, they'll work for a season with one company and they'll go to another company and move around. And, you know, they it's like a circle. Um, so it, it all depends. But I think that if you can build that relationship, look for like editors, assistant editors, music coordinators, music associates, music supervisors, junior music supervisors. If you can build that relationship, that's the best way you can do that. Probably remotely. It's hard, though, but. Uh, yeah. it, it takes time, but you got Flares is dope. I've, I've heard his music too. He's crazy. Yes, he's, he's on another insane. level. Yeah, indeed, man. I, I think he had like everybody leave the stream and go work <laughs> on that. <crap. laughs> as far as trailer music, like it was crazy. Um, so would you say like you know reaching out to an editor or like, like you know somebody like that is working for um for a production company that may not necessarily be the music supervisor? Would you say? they're a little bit easier to get in touch with than a, than a supervisor? No, I think they're a little bit harder in my opinion because there's a filter system that's going through. So if the show does have a music supervisor, it's filtering through. The music supervisor is kind of like the A&R. So they're picking out all the music that they need for the show. The editor's telling them, hey, we need a lot of stuff for end scene stuff. So we need a lot of underscore dialogue uh, beds and stuff like that. Or we need a lot of, you know, high high energy scene opener you know hip-hop tracks or whatever the music supervisor if there is one is usually going out picking out all that music uh sending it to the assistant editor who's ingested it ingesting it into their system and then from there the editor is just kind of working but if you're able to build a relationship with an editor by finding one um you, you, it, it, it takes time it's like a certain way you have to do it you have to kind of just I, it's hard because they're very busy, but if you can build that relationship where you're, you're kind of having a form of communication and saying like, hey, you know, if there's anything that you having trouble finding as far as fitting certain scenes, I could be the person to create that for you. I can do it within 24 hours, whatever tight deadlines you have yeah. and turn that in. If you could do that, that would be, you know, a really huge incentive, but it's hard. Like I said, it's it, it, usually in my opinion, I feel like it's a lot easier to work with the music library because the music supervisors are hitting up the library, or the production company is hitting up the library and telling them this is exactly what we need. Mm -hmm. And then they have people going in there just making as much as possible for, yeah. that, uh, for that show. Nice. So pretty much going the music library route, you're putting your music where people are already looking. 
where the, where the editors, the supervisors, all that stuff are already going to. So it kind of you don't have to play the whole chasing game, you know, being connected with the library. Right. Nice. Man, that, that actually reminds me. I had um I had a situation. This was man, it, it might have been like uh like three years ago now, but an editor, he was like I don't know, he was like a new like editor or something. I don't know I don't know what the situation was, but Viacom was pretty much like working on a bunch of like reality show stuff and they had like a whole slew of editors just working on different scenes and stuff. So one had actually reached out because he was a composer and now I'm like, yo, like I need to like find that dude <laughs> and start and keep <laughs> building with him. But he had reached out. He was just like, yo, like your music is dope. Like I just placed a ton of it in these scenes that I that I was working on and um I guess he was trying to learn more about actually trying to get his music in. We talked we we exchanged info and talked a couple of times, but I got to follow up on that. That just reminded me. Oh, definitely. Yeah. If he's still doing it, he's probably like well, like way more versed in, in a lot of different shows now. That's a that's a good move. I feel like working with editors is probably like the craziest like the craziest thing you could do as far as getting opportunity because they jump around so much. They're working on so many different shows usually. Yeah. So like they they you know building that relationship is and you can find them on Instagram if you I think there's like a hashtag for like music editors or editors or something like that or if you on uh, TikTok actually I've been seeing a lot like pop up on my uh like comments and stuff like that saying yo I'm an editor this is you know this is exactly what we use and stuff like that so wow. they're out there they're out there and and they when they hear music that's good they get hyped like they they like hearing good music they're going through so much music or they're doing so much editing on the TV show that it's like you know it's kind of draining for them so when they hear something that gives them energy you know they they like that yeah Man, that's that's a fact. So, okay, so you you've worked with a music library. You work. You've seen the cue sheets and things like that. Like, what's an idea you can give the people of like how many tracks could be used or how many pieces of music could be used in like an episode of something? Yeah. So shows that are an hour long, you're seeing easily 80 to like 120, like easily. I've seen 150. 100. There's a lot of different music that's being used. And it's because like. If you listen to the music, usually in reality TV, especially that there's a lot of different scenes going on. There's like a lot of different, um, you know, they're trying to they're trying to keep it interactive and, 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 you know, keeping your attention and stuff like that. So there's I mean, there could be like seven second clips or they can be full a minute, two minute tracks. So, I mean, there's a lot of music that's being used. And that's just one episode. One you think episode. about eight. Yeah. Yeah. You think about like eight uh, episodes per season or at least, you know, that's that's a lot of different music. It's like 800 to a thousand, you know, over Jeez. well over a thousand tracks. Yeah, and that's just and that's just one show. Like, right? You still have all these shows on all these networks, all these streaming platforms, services. Yeah, man, it's it's a lot of music that's needed for sure. Um, but you you dropped a gem, man, and you mentioned TikTok finding editors on TikTok because sometimes people hit me up like, yo, like where do I find people who want music? Like they're rec like they're humans like us. Like you can find them mm -hmm. on social media, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn. Um, but yeah, man, like I always tell people, man, like just stalk people, man. Like go through the credits and and start doing research and seeing if you can find these people, and you know, just start engaging on their content and or creating content that actually draws them into your world. Um, and you'd be surprised, man, the, the amount of opportunities that can come your way from doing that. hundred percent. Yeah. Um, let's see. Sly the Deuce says, do you guys manage all of your own records in admin or do you outsource those functions to protect creative time? So music libraries that you're working with exclusively, and I want to say not exclusively too, they're, they're doing all that. Uh, admin work they're doing all that back end, back end work that's kind of why i wanted to leave what i was doing so i can focus more on music right. uh, but yeah you, usually you're the one creating music and they, they have all that extra work that they're doing and there's a lot that goes into that too so um you know they, they want to save you time to create more and you know that's why they take a piece you know percentage of the track yeah. but yeah there's a um usually they'll do that yeah music library indeed man it uh yeah it allows you to focus on creating you you send it off and, and you're done. They do their thing. Uh, Will Khan says, what are some music libraries you recommend? It depends on what type of music you make, really. I mean, it, 
there's no like correct answer to this question. I feel like because I get this question a lot. Yeah. It really c- kind of depends on the music that you make. And the best thing that you can do for yourself is go on these and Google or go on these mu- music library directories and look at these different libraries and just do your research. If you go onto let's say a stream music or Jingle Punks and you go on your website and you hear their music that they're using, and let's say they're using Afro beats, right? But you understand, like you see that they don't have like Afro pop or like a, a certain style that you think that you can really uh, excel in. That's the best bet for you. You can really take over a library by just having one distinct sound and taking over that sound. Like or uh, hyper pop. Hyper pop is like a new wave right now that's going on. If wow. you can figure out a way to get your music in that library and be the main source of hyper pop, that's the best way for you to like kind of. And it, it could be any genre, just be ahead of the sound or figuring out where, where you can sp- um, fit specifically is really going to help you out. So that's yeah. my best recommendation for that question. That's dope. Love it. Um, Don Music says, this is great information. Thank you. No doubt, man. That's that's what we're here for. Um, Venus, loving the information. Appreciate you. Soul Music, R&B. Yeah, that's, um, I agree, man. Just Googling, Googling music libraries, throwing you know, whatever genre you do in front or behind that, that keyword. Um, yeah, super dope. Marco says, what's the best way to send music to potential clients? Google Drive, SoundCloud, Box, etc. What do you recommend, especially having worked with a music library? I recommend Box, Dropbox or Disco. I don't recommend SoundCloud or Google Drive as much because one Google Drive, sometimes it'll mess up and it won't be able to play. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's a mess. And then SoundCloud, if you if you play like two tracks, the third track usually is an ad, so you don't want to, you know, break their attention on your music by having an ad and waiting thirty seconds to hear your track. So I always recommend Box, especially or Disco or Dropbox, especially because you can see the waveform. And usually it's it's nice to be able to see the waveform, so you can see like the edit point, like you can kind of tell how the 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 track is gonna feel just by seeing the waveform. So that's usually why I recommend that. I definitely recommend Disco though overall. It is pay to submit after I think your 30 day trial, but um, you know, you pay like a one-time subscription fee or something, or maybe you pay monthly, yeah. um, but you'll be able to see the waveform. It's very professional. It's becoming an industry standard, especially with music supervisors and stuff like that. And you can import your own metadata within the track on Disco. So it's cool. If you send out a link on Disco, um, you can see if somebody's opened it. If you sent an email with the Disco link directly, you can see if that email that you sent opened it and stuff like that. So a lot of yeah. cool features on Disco. I definitely recommend that one. Yeah, Disco's fire, bro. Um, yeah, Google Drive, bro. It's, it's so weird, dude. Like mm-hmm. sometimes I even working with other people, I'll get it. And like if you log in with the wrong email, then you got to ask for permission. And it's it's way yep. too many steps sometimes. And it's yes. it's it's not that nice to to stream music from either, um, no, depending on the, the size. So, super dope. Excello or XL. What type of music have you guys been seeing in briefs lately? It's a good question. Uh, uh, definitely like the the up tempo like Cardi B, Megan Thee Stallion, um, like that type of vibe. Like plucky. Like if you listen to like. Uh, I think up instrumentals, uh, and I've talked to X about this before, but up instrumental is like a really good reference. It sounds like a dramedy track. A lot of these tracks that you hear on the radio are references, um, and it's just kind of about infusing it in the TV style. But I feel like that track up by Cardi B is like a perfect example. There's a track by Doja Cat that's new too that's really good. Mm. They they have that pace. They have the comedic feel. It's like very staccato and not too you know legato and like sustaining and stuff like that it's very plucky and it fits perfect for tv and it has an up-tempo beat sounds very uh you know um modern so that's those are the ones that i'm seeing i'm seeing less of those strings which you hear all over reality tv um less of uh mallets as well and they want more of that modern sound so that's what i've been seeing so far and then i also see like kanye like always see a lot of kanye like black skinhead like you know black skinheads is yeah that's like the most the reference point ever <laughs> yeah for sure there's always that type of sound too so that's yeah. what i see a lot of yeah man uh lately i've been seeing i've been seeing a lot of uh like silk sonic bruno mars mm. kind of stuff so like funk funk soul r&b stuff um uh been seeing a lot of like high energy sports stuff like sports themes winning taking over conquering on top um 
stuff like that. Um, what else? What else have I seen? Um, and then yeah, like all this, all the stuff you mentioned, um, the the up tempo stuff, man. Like a lot of times, uh, anything that's like top of the charts, you know, a lot of times they start replicating that that vibe um, in a lot of this yep. this sync music. So. Yeah, man, it's been some some cool stuff. Gabriel says Google Drive is the pits. Yeah, <laughs> man, it's like it's crazy, it, and it's it's crazy because I use it as well for like parts of my business. But it's like it's one of those things, man, where you know it's kind of hard to it's hard to it's just hard to to keep it smooth, man. It's just always something. Yeah. Um, Marco says, have you found working with music libraries more work for hire type deals? In my experience, uh, it, it depends. Mostly, I, I usually like to stay away from work for hire. I mean, work for hire is good because sometimes you can get an upfront fee and stuff like that, which is nice. Uh, and work for hire is just another way of saying like uh, custom music. So if they want a track that sounds like Cardi B up, they're going to request it. They'll, you know, the production company or the network will pay for it and stuff like that. So you, you'll see some of them. They're, they're not bad to work with, but you usually want to stay in the library uh, and work on non-custom stuff. I prefer just because from my experience, what I've seen, if you get your music in a music library, that track can live in multiple shows. So if you have if you have that track in their library, let's say they have 30,000 tracks and you send in like 10 tracks a week or something like that. Those tracks are living within that library. If they send that music out to all the production companies that they're working with that, you know, those tracks are going to circulate through that system. So yeah. that's that's what I prefer. But work for hire is still good too as well because like i said you can't get an upfront fee for it it's a good way to get money quick if you if you need it you know you don't want to wait nine months for a royalty check or you know six months yeah exactly um man just kind of just kind of balancing things out you know grab a little upfront money here start building right. the, the royalty catalog there and um yeah man make it happen desiree holiday what's good desiree she says how do you get to a point where you start receiving briefs directly uh, you definitely have to build that relationship. So after from after the point of getting accepted, like I told, uh, like I said earlier, I feel like you really need to keep that relationship going. Uh, you know, communicate with them. Say, hey, do you guys need any new music? Is there anything that you guys need help? Um, you know, filling out as far as uh, any requests that you guys have. I'm here available 24 seven. I'm here available. Uh, you know, 24 seven. And then send them a link. Here, here's 10 new tracks that I worked on this week that I think you guys might find that will fit well for the library and stuff like that. And keeping that relationship and once they see that you're hungry and you keep popping up in their face they're going to be like all right i have this music that i need tomorrow you're going to you're going to be the first person they think of because they're like this person is reliable let me send them this brief for uh you know these tracks that i need for you know this this uh turn the quick turnaround i have so having that relationship and just keeping that communication and keeping it personable like you don't need to be like buddy buddy with them or best friends with them but just being someone that you can rely on and then keeping the conversation hey do you guys make music as well would love to check out your music as well you know just something that doesn't just make it about you but more making about how can i provide value to you how can we build that relationship that's the best way i feel like is uh is, is making that relationship yeah definitely agree man um you know it's one of those things man like sh show people show people you can help them by helping them you know what i mean like right and, and that's happened to me personally with you know with libraries where you know just submitting consistently um and just checking in frequently keeping that line of communication open you know quick special projects pop up all the time and you want to be top of mind when that when that happens and when it does happen you know deliver um and you know you'll find more of those opportunities kind of coming your way definitely um venus says how can i get my sci-fi beats into sci-fi movies that's a good question you would have you would have to figure out who's working on these sci-fi movies uh and looking at the production companies or the music supervisors who have credits with these uh, sci-fi movies and then reaching out to them directly and, and building that relationship or look at music libraries who have credits working with sci-fi and <clears throat> music libraries I've noticed for the most part usually work with a certain amount of network so let's say um, let's say NBC they own not just NBC they own Bravo they own E so you know if Icon owns MTV VH1 Nickelodeon so finding those libraries who have that relationship usually they have deals with them and when they have deals, they're service, you know, like he, Clint said earlier that he was working with, like for, you know, Viacom and Viacom had a lot of editors and stuff like that. 
being able to work with those libraries who have those deals is going to bring you more opportunity because they only want to work with a handful of libraries in some cases, especially for the big bigger networks. So if you're finding the people who are working for those, you know, those library or those uh, networks who have those deals, you're, you're going to find a lot of opportunity for yourself if you can get in with them. Yeah, agree. And man, like this, uh, what I want you all to grab from what he just said, like, I don't know if you noticed it or not, but he gave you the principle. So no matter, no matter what the genre is, no matter what style of music, movies, whatever, the approach is still the same. Do the mm -hmm. research, find out who's behind the scenes working on the music, and then reach out. Um, so no matter what you do, that principle is going to be the same um, for for everything across the board. If it's if it's a video game placement, you know finding finding some some type of contact for or developer who's working on that video game or working on the sound or or whatever if it's a if it's a commercial um you know finding the ad agency that may work with a particular brand that you know you could see your music fitting with um shoot like it's so many different so many different mediums you know what i mean but at the end of the day the approach is the same doing doing the research digging stalking people a little bit and um and reaching out <laughs> you know definitely um, producers if you're looking to take your music production business to the next level then i want to invite you to apply for my producer mentorship program during this one-on-one -on -one mentorship i'm going to show you strategies and principles you can use to start grow and scale your music production business so if you're making less than $1,000 per month in your production business and you want to scale that up to make more, or you may just want to get your music placed in TV and film and just have a coach guide you along that process to your first music licensing deal, I can help you with that as well. Now, I only work with a select number of producers each month. So if you want to get one of those slots, make sure you go to ProducerMentorship.com to apply. And if you're a good fit, I'll be sure to reach out to you when another slot opens up. To apply, go to ProducerMentorship.com. Com. That's producermentorship.com. Last time, producermentorship.com. Now let's get back to the show. Gabriel says, that's how I got my scoring slash music director role on a recent movie. A friend of mine hit me up after hearing the EP I was working on, and now I got to score an entire movie. Also deliver firework. That's super dope. Congrats on that, Gabriel. Yeah. Big congrats. Yeah. Man, and dude, like that's... That's dope. So it was so this happened from a friend of his, which brings up another good point is just like not ignoring the people who are coming up with you, like right networking across. Right. Not mm -hmm. always looking for people who are like already on. But, um, man, one thing I wish I would have did more of is like networking in college. You know what I mean? Because. Oh, yeah people you don't know what people are going to end up doing for their for their career you know what i mean and you could meet somebody who ends up being an editor a music supervisor for a show or a film director or a film producer or something like that and because you you know because you're friends and you know you you stay in touch you're like the first person that comes to mind when it comes to music because nine times out of ten if they're just starting out uh, they probably don't have anybody to do the music. So that's a great opportunity for you to get on and start building that relationship. And, you know, when when one person blows up, everybody blows up, you know? A hundred percent. That's perfectly said. Honestly, that's like one of the most slept on traits I feel like anybody can have is networking. Being yeah. able to have that relationship with someone, just being in top of mind yeah. uh, with any opportunity they may have in the future or whatever. So, yeah, it, it's important. Indeed, man. Um so man, so you um so you created a course to help producers and and artists and songwriters or whoever's trying to get their music in sync. Like how did how did that come about and like what um cuz I know any anybody who takes time to create a course is passionate about teaching people cuz it's not like an easy thing like oh just up and create something that can help people. So like what what pushed you to, you know, to do that and um you know, just, I guess, talk about that, that process, man. Yeah. So I definitely wanted to be able to teach what I knew. I had so many different angles of what I knew from the experience working with the library for seven years. Mm -hmm. And I knew that I, I had to like, I knew that producers and artists, if they understood the steps that you need to take, they can do this, especially if you're like 
confident in your sound, you're confident in your music, you can definitely do this. I, I know that for a fact, like this is very accessible. Yeah. So, you know, my process was kind of thinking, how can I make this as digestible as possible? Um, and I think that having a course where you're like kind of holding the person's hand going step by step is the, you know, the, the approach that I think would help the most. So that's why I, I created the course. I definitely feel like it's helped a lot of people so far. Um, I, I've, I've explained as much as possible and I keep adding to it as I, as I go. So I think that just being able to communicate to our audience, I feel like music producers and artists, especially if they don't know this lane, when they hear the word sync, it's like, what, what is sync? What is sync right. licensing and stuff like that? But making it as simple and communicative as possible and kind of giving a, a blueprint. Like we talked about this earlier, but like, you know, structure, all that stuff just matters and it's important. And if you can understand that and you can understand how to build up relationships, you, you can take this and make it into a career. It's definitely accessible to anybody who's just, like I said, confident in their sound. So that was yeah. kind of my point of mind when I made this course is just to help out as many as people as possible. Uh, I, I, I want to help a hundred different musicians this year get their first placement. We're on 10 and it's a long process. It's not going to yeah. happen overnight. You know, it's going to take a time, you know, time, but yeah. it, it's happening and it's, cr it's crazy to be able to see uh, the growth in the process so far. And I, I love working with community and, and, and teaching people. I've been on YouTube for a long time. There's old videos from like 2013, me teaching how to mix and, and stuff like that. So, yeah. uh, you know, it, like I said, you, you're right. I feel like it is a process and I commend you as well. Cause I know you do this as well. And, and, uh, you know, it, it's cool. It's cool to be able to help out the community and be a part, you know, a part of it. Yeah, man. Absolutely, man. Like, I, I feel like I get more excited, man, seeing somebody take information that we share and go out and make it happen and get that first licensing deal, that first placement, that first royalty check, man. It's super inspiring because, right. you know, and I'm, I'm sure you remember, too, like how that felt when that first happened for you. And to be able to see somebody else feel that way, man, is just it's really rewarding. Um, so that's that's super dope, man. Um, Sabretooth Beats, he said, do you you think there's a place for instrumental piano music in sync? Absolutely. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. That was like one of the first briefs I had was uh, an instrumental piano track and I, I didn't get it. But uh, yeah, it, it's definitely there's a lot of different areas where that can fit. Yeah. Super dope. Um, Flair says, appreciate you guys. What's cool about trailer is, trailers is that they can be used for promos TV as well. Had a trailer air on the Patriots game the other week. Would love to hear you guys cook up some trailers. Man, hey, it's, real talk, you inspired me to go make some trailers. Like, the closest I've, I've came, I got hit up to do um, some, like, trailerized R&B. Um, but, nah, like, now I want to sit down and, like, create some some epic <laughs> trailer music with big drums and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, man, stay tuned. I'm going to cook some stuff up. Um Gabriel says, both of you have incredible content. Nathan's Discord is so inspiring. That's super dope, man. Where um I, I get tell people where they can where they can find your your Discord, your course, or or whatever. Any anything about Excalibur Zero. Oh yeah. If you go to ExcaliburZero.com, uh you can find like all that stuff. ExcaliburZero.com slash free is where you can find the Discord, a music library directory, like templates as well uh, i like to put all that stuff on there and even if you don't have the budget for a course don't even worry about it i don't gatekeep all this stuff that i'm telling you right now i talk about on my youtube I talk about on instagram TikTok. Yeah. it's all excalibur zero so that's where you can find me if you're looking for you know more information super dope so we got time we got time for a few more questions man if you guys have some more questions for excalibur zero drop them in the chat um but this this has been a super dope conversation man again like i, I told you before man the fact that you kind of have that experience coming from a library is super valuable man um because you just you know you you know what it looks like on the inside um right for sure gabriel says then you have to check out damage too yes i've i've heard some of that some of that stuff uh they make some dope some dope stuff um for like the you know epic trailer music scoring stuff super duper dope so man um what's some what's some recent projects you've been you've been working on or some recent placements uh i've been working on a lot of stuff for like bravo so i've been doing stuff for like below deck there's been some viacom stuff that i've been working on I, usually when you do viacom it's like you're turning in tracks for uh, you know uh, multiple different shows so right. you, they, they ask for certain references as far as a style um uh, I just I'm doing a brief tomorrow for this. I think it's on TLC. It's called Unorthodox Life. 
Okay. Uh, like I said, uh, Bling Empire, which is on Netflix. Yep. Um, a lot of different stuff, you know. And then also I do albums where I'll submit to like killer tracks. I think you talked about them before. And then yep. they'll have like, you know, an album of tracks that they'll place on like, you know, different, different uh, like content that they have working, that they're working on as well, which is pretty cool. So, yeah, it, yep. it, I feel like it's always busy. There's always different things that we're working on Absolutely. as far as recent stuff. Yeah, man. Um, I just finished up a, a couple... Well, one wasn't, it wasn't like a full album. It was just, it, it was, it was about five tracks. I guess EP, I don't know. But um, yeah, did that and I did another album um, for a company. But yeah, that's another dope opportunity, man. Like some of these libraries, like, you know, they'll they'll commission you to do like, a, you know, a full album of, of stuff. And then you complete the album and then they send it off and, you know, it, like you said, you working with like a company like when with them working with the company like Viacom, like it ends up all over the place, man. Right. Definitely. Um, yeah. I was going to ask you. So you talked about this earlier a little bit, right? A couple of minutes ago, you said that you love helping the producer community and stuff like that, getting, you know, the first royalty check, getting into the first library. When you when you get your when you got your first royalty check and still now this is still feel the same, like almost like Christmas where you're like even this week we're getting one. I feel like if you were BMI. Uh, you're with BMI, right? Uh, I'm with CSAC. So oh yeah, you're with CSAC. That's the, yeah. We oh yeah, wait. yeah. So, <laughs> it feels like Christmas every time. I feel like when when you see your your check coming in the next day, you're like waiting at like 12 a.m. or 1 a.m. whatever deposit and stuff like that. Does it still feel like that for you? Absolutely, dude. Like it it never gets old, man. Cause like right, it's exciting because you know like I we can't keep track of everything that's getting used, right? So, you know, right. it's it's exciting to get the check, but then it's also exciting to go through the statement and see like yes. what's been getting used, kind of see, you know, which tracks have been getting used the most so you can go back, mm. create more tracks like that, um, which is a nice little hack, man. Like if you want to double down on some stuff that's working, study your royalty statement. 100%, um, definitely. But yeah, man, I, I love it, definitely feels like christmas every time those checks <laughs> for sure yeah um black keys music says is it possible to get his social media handle in the chat yeah i'll type it in the chat uh caliber zero there we go boom and then make sure you follow him on, on youtube do you go by the same name on youtube as well yeah it's just all excalibur zero dope dope Creative says, yes, sir, got my royalties yesterday with BMI. Man, it, yo, that came around quick. Um, it always sneaks up on me. And everybody with BMI reminds me that, you know, in a couple more weeks I'll have mine. But uh, it's super exciting. That's dope, yeah. Congrats <laughs> on that. Indeed. Yo, like, have you been hearing stories about ASCAP and people, like, just – feeling weird about ASCAP and getting their royalties or like some placements not showing up in their royalty checks. Like this is something that I've been hearing from multiple people. I have, I haven't been hearing that, but I have been seeing people switch from ASCAP to BMI. I've been seeing I've, that. I've been too. seeing that. That's yeah, I've been seeing that people switch over and it's crazy because you have to pay to, to be a writer on there. So I can't really? imagine why they would. Yeah. If you're a writer on ASCAP, you have to pay um, to, 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 for an application, but for BMI it's free to sign up as a writer. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I, I have no like I'm with ASCAP as a publisher, but right. I don't do a whole lot um, like with them. Like most of most of the writer, other writers that I may be working with is like BMI. But yeah, that's just I was just curious because I, I keep hearing stuff and uh, people talking about switching and all that stuff. I'm like, man, what's going on over there? Yeah, that's weird, man. Yeah. Uh, that's definitely not something to get into yeah um so let me see we'll, we'll probably take a couple more questions and then we won't hold you man because i know you got you got briefs to work on i got briefs to work on <laughs> yeah, yeah for sure yeah man I th like viacom's definitely been ramping up um oh yeah i mean yeah i i've it's probably like at least at least three briefs from them with like four different styles of music that I've gotten this week. So um, I'm going to go through there and see what's up. I like their, I like their briefs too. Cause it, I mean, now they used to have like references, but now they don't really use references and you can be like, it, it, it's like, 
make like dark pop, you know, or R and B crossover, you know, or you know, they let you experiment a lot. I feel like with their style, yeah. they want like a specific sound, but the style that you can make it, you can experiment like romantic R and B, you know, stuff like that. So yeah, it's cool. yeah. Is that something you see a lot too? Like I've been seeing a lot of like fusion genres. You know what I mean? Like, like you said, like romantic R and B or like hip hop tension. Do you see a lot of that in the briefs that you get to? Yeah, definitely. I feel like it's usually sometimes or not usually, but for the most part, you'll you'll see a lot of like different crossovers and stuff like that. Especially with Viacom, I feel like the most they they kind of like like to push the sound and the envelope as far as keeping current with their music. So yeah, yeah, yeah you'll see that a lot with them. Indeed, indeed. Um, Will Khan, Clint, you probably covered this a bunch, but why did you pull your course down? I was planning on grabbing him, been super swamped. I pulled it down. I said, no more. Nobody else is going to get placements. <laughs> no. So this is why this is why I pulled it down. I pulled it down because it's time for a revamp, man. Like I created that a while ago and through working because I actively work in the space. It's not something I just created and then just I stopped doing it like I've actively been working in the space. So it's just like new things that um, that I've seen would be helpful to go along with that information. So I'm actually I'll actually be relaunching it um, sometime soon. I won't give you a specific date, but I'll be relaunching it sometime soon. So if you want to join the wait list for that, um, then just go to go to clintproductions.com slash waitlist um, so you can be waitlisted for Road to 10 Placements 2.0. Um, so it's going to be it's going to be fire. But it's um, going to be dope. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, I know a lot of people were asking me like, wait, like what? Why? Uh, <laughs> Alvin Alexander says, how are opportunities for acapella music, but with melodies only? I don't see uh, a lot of acapella yeah. unless you're talking about like just like a, a guitar over you know like like, like the singer songwriter vibe like a guitar over vocals you'll see that but yeah acapella with melody only uh yeah that, you don't just see acapella I, don't, I usually don't see that you'll ask they'll ask for stems of just acapella yeah but they, you won't i usually don't see just acapella um requests going i had an artist ask me that um and yeah like my recommendation is like if you have acapellas produce them into full songs or you know find a guitarist or piano player to turn it into a full song because if you have the full song now you have the full song and the the instrumental excuse me right um and then you know of course when you send stems you may have to send acapellas but rarely have i heard just like the acapella of something being used like the only time I think the acapella really came in handy was when they went and trailerized um, some R&B songs that we did, you know, for obvious reasons, you know, because that was sent to like another like a trailer composer. Um, so, you know, he oh, was yeah. able to kind of chop stuff up, throw it where he wanted to throw it and then just kind of go from there. Um uh, do you think a musician based in Asia can be considered for sync? Absolutely. Definitely. I, I, I mean, I'm sure they probably have companies over there. Um, yep, anywhere, man. Um, I, I know one composer, he was here in the States and he was just talking about how he was just like, he was pitching stuff in Australia and was like, it was actually, he was just like, man, I should have did this a long time ago <laughs> versus yeah. focusing in the States. But yeah, it's opportunities all around the world. A hundred percent. Is having a track with vocal samples allowed? No. It's a hard no. Like, unless it's like your own, like own vocal sample, or you like brought a vocalist in, then I would say, I would say no, man. Your perspective with working with the library, how did you all deal or handle, if at all, samples and loops and things like that? So for the library, like it was different back then. Like a lot of the stuff that was sent out, well, a lot of people would use loops, but now they're cracking down on it a lot right now. Um, yeah. But I've seen vocal samples, but it's like if it's like arcade or if somebody's bought it offline, they chopped it up. Mm. But it has to be royalty free for sure. Yeah. Um, and those usually place well, like for scene openers. But 
if it's like a sample that you like cut off like an acapella or something like that you cannot use like if it has to be royalty free and i i recommend like chopping them up like kind of like arcade like if you use arcade it's it's usually okay i feel like because arcade you can keep it pretty unique as far as the bpm and the way that you structure the the, the samples that you cut up and stuff like that so that's what yeah. i've seen i've seen them use a lot of scene openers um oh. f- for uh like the the vocal chops and stuff yeah um i've gotten a brief for like vocal chop music but like you said like it had to be royalty free um and you definitely had to like make it super unique but now man like i'm seeing i I recently signed a licensing deal with the company and they like they so you know you you see your normal you know licensing agreement they had like an attachment to the agreement focused specifically on samples and loops and you had to like Mm -hmm. check and sign that you own a hundred percent of everything you didn't use any loops or so like they've been super cracking down on this stuff i think that's kind of good though because that's going to lead you to more opportunity if you're working with the library like that that means they're working with people who demand that yeah which means that that's more opportunity for you yeah so yeah man um yeah and people always ask me it's like what like i just i just stay away from them because um like with you know uh what's you know splice and stuff like that yeah they're cracking down on that for sure yeah marvelous beat says who is better song trader or taxi i don't i can't speak on it yeah i don't i don't have experience with either but i think I, we talked about this earlier i don't recommend yeah. uh paying to submit i recommend doing the research like if you just google music library directories and you just spend a little bit of time on there you'll find a ton of libraries a ton yeah. and a lot of them are free most of Thanks. them are free yeah absolutely um yeah man because they i mean they they split stuff with you and you know they get paid when when you get paid exactly Uh, so b scott with the last question of the stream hey fellas all good info scenario you are working for a library and getting placements on a reality show you end up running across the music soup for that show this is the ethics question do you submit with that soup directly Oh man, uh, that that is an ethics question. I I feel like if you do that, you, you I would communicate with the library. Just let them know. I don't like going over people's heads like that. Just because Either. you don't want to be like just like blacklisted and stuff like that from that library and, and missing out on opportunities because you're trying to work with the music soup and you're gonna get more. I feel like you're gonna get more opportunity for with the music library than you are a music soup. A music soup is getting a lot of different music a lot of different times and it's all specific for them they could be working on multiple shows and they're more so looking for things that fit a style so i just heard something recently where somebody was talking about how um you know they needed something very specific and they just went in their email real quick and looked up that style and and somebody who sent a track it popped up for them and they reached out to them and let let them know that they used it so it's it's more like a one base you know a couple a handful of base opportunity with the music soups for specific shows as opposed to libraries you know but if you can find music soups that you can build relationships with, that's that's really big. Especially, I feel like as an artist, that's the like artists. I feel like benefit from it pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, composers, like producers and stuff like that, it, it can definitely benefit you as far as like getting a bigger piece of your. You're gonna get your your full two hundred percent, hundred of the writers, hundred of the publishing, but it's not gonna be a lot of different opportunity. I feel yeah. like, as opposed to, I mean, working with the library. Yeah, I agree, man. Um yeah like if if you're working with the library you see the soup um yeah man like i I like what you said like communicate with the library i've even i've even seen where you know the soup the music supervisor was just like yo like let me know that you work with a library like if it's a library that the music soup goes Mm. to and then maybe they'll just go and like pull your music from that library so that way right you're not you're not risking that relationship um because i've been in situations where like we we were working with like on music for like a big production company um and you know it was it was in the agreement like you can't go reach out to this production company Yeah, it's like people the word to get like what I, people don't people don't understand like how small this sync licensing space really is, man. Like at the end of the day, 
people talk and word will get around super quick and then you'll find your opportunities drying up because right. people is just like yo this dude did this stay away from him right Next thing you know your, your inbox is, is looking kind of dry <laughs> yeah for sure so yeah man always always be mindful of the relationships that you have and and respect those relationships and respect like what that library had to go through to just build a relationship with that supervisor man definitely because um, it's a lot of work so super dope man listen i won't hold you you're a busy guy um but i appreciate you coming through man let the people know uh, and uh, you said it before but rewind remind them where they can find you where they can check out your course and learn more about you bro definitely i appreciate you like i said i appreciate you having me on man I, i'm a big fan of your work as well like you said i have a different angle you have a different angle as well as far as teaching this part of the community and i love what you're doing Thank you. uh, you're, you're giving out a lot of valuable information and like i said before before i even got into the teaching space of this like you're you're giving out really valuable information that's very accurate so Thanks, much bro. respect to you if you're looking to get more information from me i'm on excaliburzero.com or you can just search all of my socials excalibur zero and if you go to excaliburzero.com slash free, there's a lot of free stuff for people out there to uh, access as far as like the Discord community. We're a growing community. We help each other help each other out. We share different libraries, different resources, uh, loops, samples, stuff like that. We, we're really, uh, it's a dope community. I, I, it's dope to see the that people come together and just work together on it. And it's not about me. It's about us and, and what we can do to help each other get to that next level. Uh, and like I said, yeah, Excalibur Zero, you can find me on TikTok, Instagram, whatever type of content you like to consume you can find me on there and uh yeah there's no gatekeeping or anything like that anything any questions that you have i will ask or i'll answer as long as it's not like how much i get paid or something like that like uh, <laughs> what to answer any, any questions you have indeed man much appreciated you guys make sure you check them out i dropped that that website in the chat um nathan excalibur man i appreciate you coming through have a dope week and you know we'll always be in touch man engaging on social media definitely man i'll talk to you soon bro i appreciate it all right, no doubt. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Music Is My Business podcast. If you haven't already subscribed, be sure to do so now so you can know every time I drop a new episode. If you found the information helpful, please be sure to rate and review the podcast so we can get this dope info out to more music entrepreneurs like you. I would greatly appreciate it. Also, if you want to learn more about how to get your music placed in TV and film, visit ClintProductions.com today to download my free six-step guide to TV placements. These are the steps I took to land my first 10 TV placements in a little over a year. Thanks again for listening, and I'll catch you on the next one.